been a while since I've added any content. A lot's been going on and I've been busy with other things. But something truly compelled me to take a minute to stop and have this conversation because I believe it's an important conversation one that is lacking in the everyday commentary and so I would like to amplify this this uh, concept and raise it with my voice I'm thinking about how there's so much that's wrong with the world today and Knowing what I know about history, we're doing a lot better than we, what we were before, but we're still not in the right place. There's so much struggle and so much competition. People still don't have what they need. And there's very few who have the opportunity to get what they want. The struggle is real and the challenge is to not only wake up every day knowing that the challenges from the day before are still there and need to be faced, but then you realize that each day has its own new set of challenges, things that you can't necessarily prepare for. And it's easy to tell the world, hey, you know, if you work hard, then everything will work out just fine. Well, that's just not true. There's so much hidden privilege in the world that completely separates the whole, whole entire peoples from the same benefits and opportunities. And because the world functions as if it's dog-eat-dog, -dog, us against them, people think that if, if somebody else has what they need, it means that you don't get what you want. And that's just not true. Of course, it does depend on what it is that you want. You know, your values, if, if you value a position of power, that means other people have to live without in order for you to have that position of power. Clearly, your priorities are mixed up. And the thing is, is that most of the systems in today's day and age are set up that way. They're systems of power and control that operate on a, a basis that requires somebody to be dependent upon this power structure. And that amplifies that power structure. The more people that depend on it, the more power that it has. And so it becomes a system of suppression where in order to maintain its power, it needs to suppress the people into a forced dependency so that it can sustain its power. This very system can be exemplified with the food stamp program in the United States. There's a fine line between in making sure everybody has food to eat and deciding who gets to eat and who doesn't get to eat because they don't meet certain pre-qualifications. An individual who works hard every day could even work multiple jobs just to get by, to barely pay their rent in, in, in a, a housing system that is out of control. The prices are ludicrous. An energy system that is surrounded around profit-making rather than ensuring that people have the power they need to live 
civil society. The cost of living is so high that even if you work your hands to the bone every single hour of the day, limiting yourself to even barely sleeping, you still are faced with not being able to afford to get by, just to survive, to have a roof over your head, clean clothes to wear, food in your belly. And so the food stamp system is intended to provide food for people, but now the system is looked at, especially from the current administration of government, as if it's a system of lazy people who don't want to work that just want to feed off the system and have somebody else pay for their food. That's just not the case. Food is so expensive. Most people can't even afford the food that's on the shelves in today's day and age. So it's a, it's a game of pick up sticks and pick me ups and robbing Peter to pay Paul and make it seem like we have you know expense and luxury. But in fact, most people can't afford to buy the food. So the food stamp program's created to make it sure that people have at least something to eat. It's definitely not enough to t take care of their entire food bill unless you want to eat like a permanent college student where it's top ramen and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So as an individual who's on food stamps, you are required to not make more than a certain amount of money. Otherwise, your benefits are cut off. So you have no way to save money because savings account counts towards, well, you have money and now you make less food stamps. So you can't save money to get yourself out of your position. Say you needed to save money to be able to buy a new car, to get yourself up one rain on the ladder to get you a little bit more mobile so you have a little more accessibility in the world, see more doors of opportunity can be open to you now that you have better mobility. Well, those things are not allowed to you because on food stamps, you can't save money to go buy a car. And you certainly don't make enough money to make a car payment. And so... If you work at over a certain amount of hours, you make a certain amount of money, your food stamps gets cut off. But that, that little tiny 10 cent raise that you make per hour that kicks you out of the, you know, the range where, you know, you're considered uh, qualifying for food stamps, that doesn't do anything to help pay for the food that you are no longer having. That 10 cents an hour raise doesn't ensure or guarantee you anything. And so you're, you're forced to try hard to not work so hard that you go over that amount because it would take so much money, so much more than a 10 cent raise, probably likely even more than a dollar raise, which in terms of most employment, employment a dollar raise is pretty substantial, you know, for the everyday person. And so you realize that you're stuck. You're stuck. You can't go up any reins of the ladder because it breaks the, the steps below you and you have nothing to fall back on. There's nothing that helps to get you up to the top. you got to sacrifice. You have to choose. You want to make a little bit more money on your paycheck, which is not going to do anything to help to compensate for the services you no longer qualify for. But it puts you in this whole new realm of responsibility. You have to pay more in taxes because you're up in a tax bracket possibly and you no longer qualify for public assistance, food stamps, and now you're all on your own completely. But that little bit of raise is not going to make up for what you've lost in services. And it just blows my mind to think that we live in a society full of abundance. We have hard working farmers that work to the bone to provide food for us. And they're in a struggling system where they have to depend, right? Yeah, there's the word dependency again. They have to depend on government subsidies just to get by. Why? Not because there's a lack of need for food. People obviously need to eat. There's more than enough of us that need to eat. The problem is that people can't afford to buy that food. 
And so the food would go to waste. And then there's systems that, that limit the amount of product people can grow. And because of the struggle of farming, a lot of generations have decided to not go into farming because there's no benefit to it. And so now this is forcing, like, for instance, America to rely on foreign products to be brought in in order to pay for our, uh, to provide our foods for our people, which is just ridiculous. Because while we may not have the perfect climate to grow every food product there is, we can still provide for a vast majority of our own food here if we would just shift the broken system so it's no longer based in dependence but it's one that is based on sufficiency everybody has the sufficient means to provide the sufficient food that's necessary to basically get by the bare necessities of life right one of the key ones is food so why are we not incentivizing a system that supports our farmers who can support our communities, who can feed the people of our own country. And to do so in a way where it's not forced dependence on both ends of the spectrum. But to, to turn it in on itself and connect the dots so that farmers can grow the food that the people need and that the people can access that food that they need from the farmers. And if all that's standing in the way of this happening is the concept of money, then it seems to me the money is already there. If we're incentivizing, the, our, we're, we're supplementing and, and, and providing subsidies to these programs, whether it be to the far, subsidy to the farmer or subsidy to the welfare programs that provide for food, why are we not instead investing in a system that connects people directly to the food and then just feed the money into ensuring that that system sustains itself? The money isn't to, to pay off the farmers or to pay off the people. And then both of those cases means that there's a limited amount that can go around, but rather to, to connect the dots in the center that say, hey, people need food, farmers grow food, all right, and look, we have a system that ensures that that happens. And we invest in that system and we make sure that system works. And it's not a forced dependency and it doesn't have limitations and there are no prerequisites and it doesn't depend on what your income status is. It is accessible and available to all people. My idea is not that we need to have, for instance, universal basic income. That's another form of dependency. It depends on the system that siphons cash from one, uh, one sector and redeposits into another, but does nothing to ensure that there's any problems that are solved with that because it's just based off of money and money's a fake system. Money is just a tool and it can fluctuate in its value and it can fluctuate on the price of anything, which means that a dollar spends a whole lot less than it used to. Back in the day, man, a dollar would pay your rent for the whole month. Nowadays, a dollar, you're lucky to get one meal out of the day if you go to McDonald's and order off of the dollar menu. These sorts of things show that that you cannot invest into a program that says we're going to give money to people and expect that to solve anything. No, 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 no. We need universal basic innovation, which means that we're going to invest in programs that provide the innovation that's necessary to connect the dots. Get, provide for the people that need and the people that can provide a means to unite and connect with each other so that they can fulfill that need in between each other. To, to make that connection. Universal basic innovation would do that. And universal meaning it's accessible to everybody, not income dependent. Basic meaning that we're not here to, to provide for a lap of luxury, but we are creating a baseline standard by which all people will be raised to and none will fall beneath. Poverty, hunger, these sorts of things flourish in a system of dependence. And the only way to break that, that entire chain, this, this constant monotony of it going on and going on and we constantly have poverty, is to break the systemic cycle. 
And we aren't going to do that by throwing money at the problem. Because money just has a way of being absorbed like a sponge into any little crevice and hole. There's so many holes and there's so many loopholes in society as it is that it doesn't go anywhere. It just flows right through and it's gone through your fingertips like nothing. But something tangible that you can hold in your hands and you say, this is it. This is a solution. This is something that it's a component that can fit right into the space and fill it. Think of it as a big, wide bowl. And if you got a bowl, it's society, and it's got a lot of fucking holes in it, and those are all our problems, you're not going to just keep pouring water like muddy, pouring it into there and expecting it to be able to fill up with anything worth holding on to. No, it's going to fall out the holes. So it requires, in order for the true value of money to be realized, is to make sure that we're plugging those holes within society so that we can fill up that, that bowl of abundance. And universal basic innovation stands for exactly that. The innovation will be like plugs in the whole of the bowl of society. And it makes it possible for anything that we put into it to remain in there and to not just fall out and go to waste. system is simple when you think about it in terms of it's stuff that we're already doing. This is right off of the shelf programs that exist, but none of them are applied in, in the streamlined coherency that says, listen, we're doing this for a reason. We're trying to achieve these ultimate goals. And so when society and, and capitalism is great, when it's properly used for its proper intended use, when society says, okay, we are going to invest in the interest which is best for all people, which doesn't say that we're going to force everybody to conform into one society, and this is not talking about socialism, oh, shudder at the thought, and this is not talking about communism, oh, shudder at the thought. This is talking about self-sufficient, self-sustaining, free and independent people. This is better than even democracy could ever even imagine. Why? Because it's a unity among all people that says we choose to contribute and participate within society because we know that our participation and contribution leads to the abundance that is necessary for everybody to have what they need in order for all people to be created equal. Because in the society that we exist in today, that is the biggest lie. We are not all created equal. We are all created but the balance of the system that determines what's equal, what's fair, that's, that's a human construct. And our priorities are all out of whack, totally askew. So we would never be able to actually get to a system where we have abundance for all people in a basis of equality for all because all people are created equal until we create the baseline standard by which equality can accurately be measured. Am I right? I'm right. So the idea is we need to stop focusing on the issue of the holes in the bowl, right? Let's stop pissing, moaning, whining, complaining. Investing all our interest in talking about and doing uh, investigations about and research about why there's a hole, when instead we could just fill the holes, improve the integrity of the society bowl, and then start filling up that abundance which will runneth over for all people to put their cups up and fill it up. And then guess what? Society is no longer just about us investing in, in its systems, continuously providing the, the same bullshit. But it's finally gotten to the point where there's so much abundance that people can literally take from that system 
what they need and it would never take away from the whole. You feel me? You picking up what I'm putting down? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? How hard is it to not just visualize that in your head and it make common freaking sense? Like, oh, yeah. If we are all the, f- the water, right? And the tap is on full blast. People are are participating and contributing and people are working hard and they're trying as hard as they can to live a life, which life does not just consist of going to work every day and then going home. Otherwise society will not function. There has to be downtime. There has to be time to go and enjoy yourself and to do other things. And to, yes, build new things and have time to be able to come up with new ideas and have a little bit of a breath to breathe. Have, have the, the security that's necessary to be able to take risks for higher things. None of those things are possible if people are stuck struggling. If you have to worry about where you're going to get food today, you are not going to have time to worry about what you could do today to make the world a better place. What could you do today to help to fill the cracks and plug the holes within society to make it work a little bit better for everybody come tomorrow? And to do so knowing that it's not all for waste. That there isn't going to be somebody who's going to come along and say, Oh no, if that plug exists, then that means that I don't, ha- I can't stick my cup underneath the hole and have a perfect tap into filling my cup. You know, I know it's taking away from the rest of everybody else, but hey, at least my cup is filled up. You know, visualize that as the 1% who manages to have a cup big enough to capture anything outside of these holes because they just know how to position themselves perfectly well underneath them because when the society bowl has holes, it's just an exploitation waiting to happen. And that's how most of the people in the capitalistic society of today has managed to accumulate their wealth. They're exploiting a vulnerability within the system. And that means, that's right, that if anybody has a, a way to plug that hole to fix that problem, to make it so that's not going to be there anymore, you're going to get holy fucking hell from the person who's going to get their freaking taps run dry because they're not going to be able to stick their cup underneath the hole to catch the, the, the good flow that comes out of it. And they're so ingrained in the thought that if others have that plug in the hole and it fills up and everybody has what they need, then I'm not going to have what I need. No, that's not true. Guess what? Because once you tap all the hole, you plug all the holes, the tap is still flowing, the water's overflowing, and everybody puts their cup out, and guess what? Everybody gets what they want, everybody gets what they need, with the exception of, but of course, if you want to suppress others so you can surpass them because it's all about power and control, you're obviously not going to get what you want if the society bowl is filled up, right? I don't think it's appropriate that we continue to allow the broken system run as it is. The people in the positions of power today, look at them. Really look at them. Look how they got there. Look who helped to get them there. Look what process they had to go by in which to get into the position of power which they're in. Really, truly question that. And then ask yourself, do you really think they deserve that? think to yourself, if they were not siphoning off of the system, some some vulnerability within the system, would they still have the abundance that they are benefiting from? Does their abundance not mean that somebody else has to go without? That's the way the system works everywhere. Everything can be tied back to that simple thought. And it's going to be that way with everybody. And I'm not here to say that we need to take from the 1% so that we can give to the rest of everybody. No, I'm saying that we need to fix the holes as we go. And as the individuals are no longer able to tap into the system in that way, of course, we encourage them to say, hey, rather than crying, whining, pissing, moaning, complaining, or fighting the system and trying to break the bowl even further, trying to create more holes trying to create more problems because problems mean that people can be exploited. Instead, why don't you take some of what you have to invest into the system to help fix some of the other problems that we have? Recognizing that as soon as you do that, it opens up more opportunity for the bowl inside to be filled. 
And then, hey, guess what? You probably don't have to pay as much in taxes. You want to know why? Because we don't have to have a system where we pay billions of dollars to poverty systems because, hey, nobody needs to be in that level of dependence anymore. You know, if, if you're able, the, the concept of, a, you know, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Well, the problem is that in order for him to be able to become a fisherman, he's going to need a hook and he's going to need a, you know, some fishing line and he's going to need a fishing pole and he's going to need uh, a bucket to carry his fish in and a net to scoop it out with. And he's going to have to have bait to put it on and he's going to have to have uh, lessons to learn how to cast and he's going to have to have a really good reel and he's going to have to have these innovations in order to make him a fisherman. But by hell, as soon as he is a fisherman, guess what? You no longer have to worry about being there every day to hand that fisherman his fish. Because you set him. You set him for life. Now, you can go off and strive for higher things. Instead of being the one who feeds the fish to the band every single day, you can go off and you can do other things. While that man can go and fish for himself. You know? And of course, you have to show him where to go find the fish. And then let's get to the pressing point in the matter. It's like, well, hell, we need to make sure that we're taking care of the planet so that there is fish for everybody, right? In the in the metaphorical sense of, you know, the, uh, the we're fishing in society to be able to get a chance and opportunity to help become self-sufficient, self-sustaining, free and independent people. You know, society needs to flourish in a way that helps to promote that within society for people. Gives them the opportunity to become that very thing. That is their best version. And we need to give them the capacity to do that. Innovation would do that. It would prepare them as fishermen of society. You know, and and then we look at the, the you know, the actual real world standard of, you know, there's so much of the world that we are polluting by this broken system, um, which... In that system, the natural product, byproduct, is a waste mentality, which, you know, the the company that creates the plastic straw would not want you to stop using a plastic straw because then they don't have a company anymore. You know, their cup isn't up underneath that hole, right? Because that hole's been plugged and filled with the need of, you know, everybody has their own, um, you know, reusable straw. Hole in society plugged. We don't need plastic straws anymore. And that company can do one of two things. They can piss, moan, and complain about the fact that nobody wants to use plastic cups. They can raise holy hell and, and argue to the till they're blue in the face about how plastic straws are in plastic cups and plastic everything and throw away society is necessary. But it doesn't stand up to the truth that, wow, once everybody has that innovation provided to them, they don't have to be dependent on that plastic system anymore. And so we can eradicate it. And then let's look at the great benefits that happens with that. You know, we don't have sea turtles with plastic straws stuck up their nose. We don't have uh, whales that show up dead on beaches with plastic filled in their stomach. We don't have the the great uh, uh, plastic... Uh, trash heap that's floating in the middle of the ocean right now. Uh, we don't have plastic particles that are being broken down in our water system that even today it's almost indistinguishable from water that existed before plastics occur. There's plastic particles in every ounce of water that we have on the planet to some degree. It's forcing us to use water purification, and not that that isn't a bad thing. It's absolutely necessary, especially as we have an increase in population. We're going to have to master that that capacity, and we're going to have to provide new innovations that can filter our water. But I say that why are we putting more work on ourselves down the line that we may never even be able to catch up to that if we're so busy creating the plastic problem that's polluting the clean water systems that we currently have? There's solutions to that. Let's plug that hole. And then let that plastic straw company find something better to do with their time. Let them invest into products that would require their, their expertise and their raw resource materials to be invested in a different way that doesn't become something that goes to each and every consumer that becomes a waste system. 
These are the type of things that we need to think about. You know, providing people with their own reusable straw is like giving the man a fishing pole so he can become a fisherman. The problems in society will continue to perpetuate so long as we allow those who are siphoning from the problems and the holes in the system and exploiting it and they fight and they say oh we need this and you know they have lots of money to pay for lobbyists and lots of money to pay for attorneys to justify themselves in this broken system that is all about reading the law and interpreting it but it never actually really means that justice is served it's just a matter of interpretation and that in the mind of a human is very exploitable as it is so we have to look at the human element. What is it that we truly stand for? Where are our values? What do we value? What does it mean to, to repair the integrity of the society bowl? What do we have to do to fill those holes and to fill those cracks? You know, a, a beautiful, I believe it's a, a Chinese um, story talks about there's cracks within the pottery and opposed to throwing away the pottery, they fill it with gold because the gold reinforces it so strong that it's, the crack isn't going to continue. It fills the space and it makes the pot still usable. I don't think that society is as it is now, even with all the problems that we have so broken that we can't fix it. And we have human ingenuity is the limitless resource and it is the most powerful resource and the most powerful tool that we have available to us and once human ingenuity is unleashed on the idea that we're here to fix the bull not not to break it further and and to not throw it away for a new one it took us many hundreds of years in order to create the society that we live in now in America, some other places far longer than that. And I'm not saying we need to go back in time to those systems, but we need to recognize where we've been. And then we need to also understand where we're going. You know, the, the bull is not always going to be big enough, but it doesn't mean we break it. It means that we need to expand upon it. We need to build up layers and, and start from the bottom of the bull and, and just build it up, make it taller and wider and, and reinforce it with the integrity of, of the individual's participation and contribution to help to sustain that, that bowl and to fill the cracks when they happen because it's bound to happen. We can't say that there's ever going to be a point in time where we aren't going to have problems or that there isn't going to be some shortcoming or a pitfall that occurs, but we shouldn't be falling through the same cracks and same pitfalls that we have fallen through before. Those things need to have something inserted in them to prevent them from happening again. And I am sure that if we continue this process of, of repairing the bowl as it cracks and, and repairing the holes and filling them as it breaks, and doing so through innovation, education, and participation, and everybody contributing to to that society bowl. It will become a point in time where what once was the bowl is going to be something completely different. But instead of us breaking the bowl and starting anew, we are going to evolve into something different. You think of it as the concept of the human body. After about seven years, is it? Something like that, give or take. Everything in your body has been replaced, and technically, you're no longer the same person. I mean, you may seem the same, but it's really just a matter of you're, 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 you're structured, and your body restructures itself constantly, you know? Cells are constantly uh, being born, and then they're dying, and when they're reborn, they don't always carry the, the same uh, energy or the same DNA junk messages as it did before and and as we grow into a bigger person a better version of ourselves you know our bodies are not what they were yesterday and you will never be able to be that same person ever again you will never be able to go back in time 
even if you try to fake it or you're in denial, that, that doesn't change the fact, the truth. So society is never going to be what it once was. But it can always become a better version of itself. As long as we recognize that there's going to be a point in time when every single bit of what society is today is going to be gone. It's going to be replaced with something different. It'll still be the same because it's us, right? It's us. How we identify. It's who we are. What we are becoming. It's what we're living. It's what we're destined to be. You realize that nobody's better than anybody except for who you were the day before. I'm no better than anyone except for who I was yesterday. I'm always evolving and I am in my becoming process constantly. The same thing happens for society, right? We're always in that becoming. We're always becoming a better version. So why are we allowing these broken systems to propagate within society that holds people back from becoming their best version? Why are we not allowing the innovations that are, in, the intelligent innovations that are, like, duh, you know, common sense? We should be in investing in and in securing a future that is solar, geothermal, wind power, wave power, you know, natural, renewable power sources and improve upon them because those systems even in themselves aren't perfect especially as they are now mostly because they haven't been given the opportunity to shine to become their best version right once society says all right we're going to accept that that's the future we want we're going to invest to make that future possible we're going to do all we can to invest and participate and contribute to make sure that it becomes its best version we're not going to hold it back with the argument of, well, if you fill the hole with the solar panels, and that means the petroleum doesn't have as much value, and then gas prices, and then this justification, it's going to break the whole system down. Yeah, what it once was is going to die away. Old things, useless and antiquated things do die away so that we can build them up with the new things, fill in those cracks in those spaces, and make something better. Now, of course, we always have to be mindful that anything has potential to be exploited. So even in the, the case of solar, even in the case of geothermal, these sorts of energies can be exploited upon. If somebody is led to believe that they can capitalize on it for a level of power that would require people to be force dependent upon it. That's not what we're about. That's not what society is about. That's not what society is destined to become. Our best version is to, to be in striving for an ever more healthy, sustainable, just, and peaceful world. And, and our existence needs to be applied to that. Everything's hitched the through line that we should be working to become our best version. And as old things die away, you know, let's give them, a, you know, the, the gentle go out. Like, listen, I know it's scary that you've been living on a system that has been propagating in this shitfall that we've been in for so long. And I understand change is hard and you would rather fight against that system because it's comfortable to be in the status quo, right? Just it's easier to fight your, you know, to, to hold on to the way things are than it is to let go. So it seems. But I'm going to tell you this right now, that if you move in the ways that the people are requesting and demanding, you know, we want a better world, we want a better future for ourselves and for our children and our children's children. And you come to the, you know, come to the, the, the side of light, you know, like abandon the dark side. There is no hope there. And let go of the old system, you know, and slowly bow out. Nobody's saying, like, tomorrow we're going to come through and we're going to shut everything down. But saying, okay, you need to start divesting in those broken, antiquated systems. And we're going to give you a timeline by which that needs to be achieved. Because we know that people won't necessarily do this by their own accord without a little push, you know, in the right direction. Divest out of that and then have a golden door of opportunity to invest into other things. And 
let's work on that momentum because this is the thing. No longer are you going to have to waste time, effort, energy, money, everything else that it takes to fight the system as people are trying to push back on you and say, we don't want your filthy fuel. You know, we don't want oil. We don't want gas. We want solar. People will push back and you're, you're wasting so much of your time. You would be so much richer if you just went with the flow, right? You know, you can invest and in, in, in benefit from the, the natural path that people are leading us towards. Divest out of that old system, invest into a new system. And again, I'm not saying that we're not going to ever have gas ever again. And that's going to be, you know, I'm saying that shouldn't be a commercial product. Just like plastic shouldn't be a commercial product. There's plenty of things that are good that are plastic, but I don't think we should be making plastic straws and handing out to trashy people. People are trashy. They don't realize how to clean up after themselves. They've never been taught, you know? And and for those few that do, they, there's not enough to make up for the, the fact that people are constantly littering on the streets. So stop giving them the crap that they litter with, you know? And replace it with things that, that can't be littered. Once it's something that people think is valuable, they'll hold on to it, right? You you, you would th- throw away a free straw because it's just a free straw, right? It didn't cost me anything. You know, I, just, I have nothing invested in this. It just came with my drink. But a metal straw that you paid money for, by hell, you're going to make sure that you take care of it and you keep it because guess what? You invested in it. People don't value what comes without cost. They don't value anything that's free. And of course, these things technically aren't free because there's a payment down the road. You know, we pay in wildlife. We pay in the pollution of the planet. We pay in ways that aren't necessarily in in the right now immediacy. You know, people want that immediate, you know, sensation of like, I, I get something right now. I win right now, right? And so... If it's something that's considered free in the sense that it doesn't cost them money, they, they don't value it. So you need to shift the mentality so people start caring about these sorts of things so they stop being so damn trashy. But that's not going to happen if companies are allowed to continue to make the free shit that people throw away. We can't allow companies to continue to propagate a throwaway society. Because so long as they do, people will continue to use these products and continue to pollute. And no system in the world of recycling program will ever be able to catch up with that crap. The only way to ever right that wrong is to stop the broken system from occurring anymore. Replace it with innovation that makes that old system obsolete, right? Buckminster Fuller said this himself. You don't fight the system. You make that system obsolete. But you're going to face pushback from people who like the old system. The status quo means money for them, right? So you have to give them an opportunity to step out and bow out gracefully. To divest and to reinvest into things that are going to give them a bright future. You know? And understand that it would be more beneficial if we invested the, the fuel resources that we have into providing for uh, like jet fuels and things like this, you know, for military and for like rockets. And, um, you know, I know that that's not exactly, you know, what goes into rockets. But the point is, is that like bigger technologies, large scale technologies, technologies that right now, as we see it, there really is no other alternative And I'm not going to say that I don't ever see that happening, but eventually maybe one day. But as of now, you know, if consumers weren't driving vehicles that were guzzling gas like they do, all that gas can go into reserves that, hey, can provide for um, the military, you know, that sort of thing. And then you think about it as far as if people aren't burning gas in their neighborhoods every day and all the cars on the street burning this fuel um, that pollutes the planet and pollutes the neighborhoods. And it's not just the planet. You think of like literally the neighborhoods, the air quality in neighborhoods is dramatically decreasing. We're not realizing it, but we're suffocating ourselves with pollution, you know? And so we replace that with electric vehicles 
that don't burn these noxious gases into our environment. And suddenly we have something that brings us more value, you know, like even with gas, it's something that you don't necessarily see. You know that you go to the gas station to fill up your tank and you're going to get so much mileage, so many miles until you have to go and fill up again, right? It kind of separates you from the idea of, you know, where does the gas come from and what does it take to get there? And, you know, why does it cost as much as it does? Some places it's, you know, over $5 a gallon to get gas. And when you realize that fuel efficiency for a lot of these vehicles is like 12 miles per gallon, you know, you're, you're going, you're paying $5 to travel 12 miles. And with the fact that, you know, urban sprawl is happening and people are having to work farther away from where they live than ever, this is just the, the fact that the system occurs is just so hor horrible because you realize how much of that stuff can be preventable, you know, and there's viable alternatives, better solutions. And we should be encouraging those things, promoting those things, and making sure that the old system isn't going to have the capacity to keep its hooks in its claws in us anymore. We should be able to break free from that system. People should be empowered to break free from that system because there's more than enough justification when you look out on the terms and the conditions of how this affects the human element all the way up, you know, microcosm to macrocosm. This has a lasting impact. And until we start changing our behaviors, our choices, start changing the way that we live, that system is going to continue to slowly suffocate us. It just seems to me like it doesn't make sense why this continues to happen. Because I hear it from people all the time, you know, why, it, why, why is it this way? Why is it this way? We all know why it's this way because we choose to let it be this way. We're not standing up. And, and I know that there's activism. And there's people out there with their posters and their signs. And they're saying, you know, stop polluting my planet. You know, this is not what I want. But that doesn't affect change. You're pushing back on a system that's just going to push back with you. This has to be about choice, not force. You cannot force people to change. You can't. Change does not come by force. That's how destruction comes. Change, true change, good change, the kind of change that brings about good, positive world change, that comes by choice. A new way to see the world, a new way to vision the world, a new way to look at things, a new value system. And as soon as we accept that new value system, we understand that, oh, this is, this is now the new way of the world, right? I'm going to start making these good choices. I'm going to start contributing in this way. I'm going to start participating in this way. I'm going to stop investing in these broken systems that only create a broken world. You know, I'm going to stop allowing that whole to continue to flow into the cups of individuals that takes away from the whole. I'm going to plug that in with innovation and I'm going to support that innovation by participating in using that innovation and participate in the investment of that innovation and my contribution of using that innovation. And we're going to seal those holes and we're going to start to fill this bowl. And then guess what? It will be short order time before we can all just hold our cups out, every one of us. And we will all have more than enough to be able to fill our cups with. So much, in fact, that our cups would be so overflowing that we would have so much abundance within our cups that we would not even hesitate for a second to give to other people. Why? Because you always know that you can fill your cup more. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to, it's not a dog-eat-dog. Dog. It's not scarcity mentality anymore. You've done away with that system. You know, it's useless, it's antiquated, it doesn't serve a purpose for us anymore. We have new values, we have new way of looking at the world. And once we recognize that, we won't have, we won't have such a broken system. Because people will have what they need. 
They'll have what they want. They'll have more free time on their hands to strive for higher ideals, to take bigger risks, to, to start formulating the world around them and, and to take advantage of it and to invest themselves in the world. As it is now, there's so little hope that people just feel that there's no reason. They're barely getting by through the day. And it's really sad. We should have enough time to be able to go and help our neighbors. You know? We need to give youth a future. We need to ensure that people can work. And we need to make sure that old age has a security. And we can't do that in the current system. Sure, a little bit here and a little bit there. Because it's good within our heart. Goodness within our hearts. And so those systems exist and, and we can provide them in small quantities but it's nothing against the raging flow that's siphoning you know our resources out into the few who've managed to catch it we won't have a security for old age we won't have opportunity for our youth and we won't have have work for the people to be able to put in if we're not in striving for a world that makes that possible. And the world as it is now, it doesn't make it possible. You want to know what makes it possible in the world today? It's the people who have it in their hearts that they want a better world. It's long overdue. We all want the same thing. It's just a matter of getting everybody on the same page. You know, get everybody to accept, let's hitch to this through line. You know? Let's guide ourselves along this, this same through line and path that's going to lead us to a better world. And then you think about things like poverty and hunger. Those will be things of the past. I'm sure these words are beautiful. The ideal is pie in the sky, so it seems... How do, how do we do this? How do we do this? It's like, how do we not do this? How can you wake up every day and know that that's a possibility? Because guess what it is? I've said it, it's a possibility. How can you wake up every day and know that that's a possibility and still choose to not be a part of it? What, what's your incentive? What, what, what are your values? What do you value if you don't value that? We're talking about a world that works for everyone. It doesn't serve any special interests, nor ideals. These are not ideals, these are principles. These are guides. It's just moving forward all together, nobody gets left behind. We're all family, right? Ohana. I don't want to see anybody get left behind. Even the worst of us. I pray for them every day. And I send love to them every day. You want to know why? Because it's the only thing that is going to break the corruption that's inside them. The only thing that can break darkness is the dawn. Remember that. Remember that love and light are the only, only thing that overcomes the darkness. A little flicker of a light is all it takes. So love these people who know not what they do. Love them. Forgive them. Find the silver lining about them that you can appreciate. Focus on that. Promote that. Encourage that. Don't give them reason to fight and rebel. Give them reason to open up. Open up to the possibilities and to the new ideas. It's the only way we're going to make change. You can't force it. It has to be a choice. 
You can't make up minds for other people. All you can do is open them to the possibilities. So I love my fellow human being. Even when they're their shitty versions. Because I know that there's great potential in each and every one of us to be our best versions. And I'm here to bring out the best version in everyone. And though I know by my very being, <laughs> I have a tendency to bring out the best or the worst in people. I bring out the best version and the shitty version. I like to think of it as the old uh, Native American story of, you know, there's two wolves. One that's darkness and evil and the other one is love and light. And, and they're both within you and which one do you become? The wolf you feed. That's the one that's going to grow. That's the one that's going to, to become the strongest. Because it's the one you feed. You can't fight hatred with hate. You can only... Defend against it with love. And it will naturally reflect back on the person. And it may not be immediate. For some people it is. Because love is so shocking. Just so shocking. It's an immediate and penetrable capability that just seeps into your soul and, and shines its light. But only if you're susceptible to it. Only if you're open to it. Society has closed us off into darkness so much that it's really hard for people nowadays to trust enough to let the love and the light in. But I know that if you continue to take the rough rock and you polish it, eventually it will be smooth. So it goes that if you continue to love and to appreciate and to bring out the best version in people and encourage that from people, that that is eventually what you're going to get from them. Because they're going to see the opportunity. They're going to see that, oh, you really have forgiven me for being that shitty person I once was. You accept me faults and all. You have forgiven me. And you have let go of your right to be angry at me your right to hold a grudge for me forever for all the wrong things that i've done to you you've forgiven me for that you've died unto yourself to let go of that old past pain and accept with arms wide open a new opportunity for us both to grow from this situation you mean i don't have to live in shame the rest of my life I don't have to defend my ego. I don't have to belittle myself in order to be accepted by you. You've humbled yourself to the situation, so I may humble myself too. And on that low, on our knees level, nobody's looking up at anybody else. And on that same level, we can look to each other with trust renewed trust and from there we can come into an understanding by which we can move forward together with a new worldview changing the way that we see and to tell me that you've been as much changed by this experience this shared experience as I've been changed that you accept me as I am and you're encouraging me to become a better version of myself every day? You mean that I have had my sins forgiven? And that I've been reborn in a new version of myself? And you mean that you'll be there for me to encourage me? Even though I may falter? You're still going to be there to support me? When we give people that, that hope of forgiveness and trust and love, we open them to their best version. <laughs>